the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. For just one low monthly price, you will discover our greatest growth hacks to driving massive downloads. You can learn more on appmastersacademy.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of appmasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content related to growing your app downloads. And more importantly, and one that I really want to stress is your revenue and hopefully retention goes along with that revenue as well. Today, I've got phenomenal guests. He's all in the fitness industry. We took a look at his app on the app audits during the YouTube live streams. I've got to work with him. Super excited to have him because I was like, He's built a successful business in a very, you know, crowded fitness category, but really built a niche for himself through the kickboxing phase. We're going to learn about how do you work with influencers, email marketing strategies, what's worked and what doesn't, and how does he turn his passion? He's really passionate about kickboxing into an app and into a successful business and really investing in some of the high quality content he creates within the app itself. And I, you know, for me, Mike, I wouldn't, to go down this endeavor. I'm like, this is too complicated, too pricey, too much for me. But super excited to talk all about this with our guest, Mike Durst. He is Michael Durst. He is the co-founder of Oomph. Go check out the app Oomph in your app stores, O-O-M-P-H or Oomph.app. All of that is linked up into the show notes. Mike, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, it was nice to hear you do the intro live. I've been listening to the show for, you know, before we started working together and uh, your intros are always super energetic. So yeah, happy to be here and glad to, glad to be doing this with you. A friend of mine's like, Steve, your intros are super energetic and then just kind of goes down a little bit. <laughs> and then, you know, like you gotta find it where you gotta find a nice little balance between the two. It goes up and then it goes down. Yeah. Um, it's got a good flow. You got it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Amory. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, Mike, what, what I want to talk about with you is right. I know your background, you're, you're, heavily into kickboxing. You love it. You've got some championship belts under, under your name. What, you know, when did you decide and you were teaching it for a little bit? So talk to me about the origin story and then how an app came out of this. Sure. Yeah. So I guess to start even before kickboxing, um, I was always into kind of working out, but, um, you know, in high school got into like not the best crowd, um, and really, you know, was into the party scene and that went into, you know, university and college. And really I was actually, you know, pretty much like heavily abusing alcohol specifically and got into some harder drugs. And that was kind of like the way my, you know, the path I was taking. And um, it was funny because, um, so I, I, my background is Muay Thai, which is it's sort of like kickboxing. It's a little bit different. You can use elbows and knees. Um, but you know, I was kind of in the party zone and I was in university and in my first year, I saw that the university had a Muay Thai class and I thought that was really interesting. I always wanted to get into martial arts and, and you know, really wanted to give it a shot. But what was funny was I signed up, I paid 300 bucks for the entire year and I didn't go to a single class because I was hung over every Saturday. So <laughs> all the classes were first thing Saturday morning. So I'd wake up and be like, oh no, I'm not going. So anyways, it took me a year. The next year I did the same thing, bought it. I was like, okay, this time I got to go. And after my first class, I was like, this is something I'm going to do for, for the rest of my life. It was just so fun. I had so much passion for it. And it really turned my life around because I started getting, you know, heavily involved in the Muay Thai gym. 
started going to less parties and especially once I started fighting that requires like full discipline. It requires you to like not drink, not smoke. I used to smoke pack and half of cigarettes before I started. Um, and, uh, yeah, per day. And, uh, so, you know, having that, you know, I'm going into a fight in two weeks or six weeks and basically forcing me to, to not drink and not do things that weren't serving me. Um, it really was a pivotal moment in my life where it kind of changed the trajectory of my life around because I started, you know, eating healthier, living healthier, quit smoking cigarettes. And so that's why I'm so passionate about it because it really, it, it did change my life getting into the sport of Muay Thai. So um, fast forward to, yeah, like I said, like you mentioned, you know, won a championship belt, had a bunch of fights and um, I was in the a- advertising industry while I was fighting. You went to Thailand, right? Yes, I lived in Thailand for uh, nearly half a year and fought out of a Muay Thai camp. Was living like with Thais and in, in Thai camp there. So yeah, had a Did lot. You pick of up the language a little bit. A little bit. It's all gone now. <laughs> I can say like <laughs> a couple words, but um, yeah. So got pretty involved in it. Um, and yeah, I was working in advertising when I came back from Thailand. Did that for you know five six years and was rising the ranks there and kind of was. It wasn't fulfilling. It was creative work. It was a lot of fun. I, I got to perfect my um, my editing skills and my post production skills, and made a lot of great contacts. But it wasn't really fulfilling me. Um, it was on a creative level, but I wanted to do something more, like something that was my own. My dad was an entrepreneur, so um, I think that's kind of was in me a little bit, like chip on my sh- shoulder. I want to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started to look into going into the online fitness space and, um, you know, created a hundred page, um, ebook PDF on kickboxing fitness and started building an Instagram page with, um, followers and posting workout videos. And Instagram was the first kind of traction that I had of like, okay, looks like people are actually interested in this. Cause I would be posting workout videos of using kickboxing techniques. And I was getting all sorts of comments and really great kind of feedback. So I was like, okay, this, this is actually maybe something people want. So I did the PDF and um, put a lot of, you know, my heart and soul in that thing. And my dad actually saw it. My dad runs a software company. Um, and he uh, saw it and was like, this is amazing. Like maybe we should partner together and, and create an app for, you know, make this, make this thing real. So that's kind of, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to have my dad, my uncle that I partnered with to, um, to uh, actually create the, the app that's now Oomph. Um, so we use two of their software developers and the three of us, you know, had meetings every week and, you know, now it's grown to, um, you know, we've got a couple of employees and um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the long story, I guess, of where, yeah. where it all came from. It's not too long for me. And I think it's, I, I wanted you to share that because I think it's just like, how do you take something? Cause people try to do, you know, I'm passionate about this and then turn it into a business, but then the step-by-step process that you took to be like, Oh, me sharing this Instagram on Instagram is actually getting some traction. Maybe people would be interested in something like this kind of same journey for me. Like I just started this podcast because of passion about apps. And then it's like, mm-hmm. people started coming to me for marketing help. Like, Oh, maybe I can leave my job and turn this into an agency. Back then I was, I didn't know what a house I was going to make money, but like, you know, you start with something small and then that yeah. starts taking some traction and then you move forward with it. Yeah, exactly. And even just to give your audience some like some tactical, you know, steps, one of the things that really qualified the idea was that, uh, you know, I was doing all these Instagram videos and getting, you know, some good comments. Then I actually started building an email list with MailChimp, um, Mm. which is super easy. Anyone can use It's a very basic email platform. Um, And I built a list up of 300 people just by saying, hey, I'm thinking of doing this program, you know, would be interested. I just created a really simple landing page. 
um, and started an email list. And that 300 people was the first kind of boost that we had with the, when we launched the app. Um, you know, so that, that's something that I think anyone can do right now is start, start something. If you are passionate about something, um, start qualifying that and see if there, there are people out there that are interested. And if they are, you know, get their email and get their information uh, so you can market to them later. That's really cool, man. Why does I, why does I do an app and not like some online course thing that is way easier to build? You probably do it with the webcam, put it on like a teachable and then go going from that. Yeah. Well, I guess part of it was, um, circumstance. I mean, um, my dad, my uncle owned a software company. So partnering with them was basically my, my in otherwise, you know, I, I'd probably be in digital marketing right now doing, um, doing PDFs and doing uh, videos on, on YouTube. So I was definitely going that route anyways, but having the luxury of having two software developers, um, you know, with their company, um, that, that was kind of like the big, this is going to be an awesome moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, on a, on a larger scale, I think having an app in the fitness space, um, is a little bit different. There aren't that many. I mean, there are quite a few, but it's actually not that overly saturated in my opinion. I mean, there's a lot of apps, but not a lot of them that are done. Um, super professionally. Um, yeah. So I think it, that's something that I saw that, okay, we can, we can be one of the top guys if we work and we're, you know, obviously we're still brand new. So we're not even close to that yet, but that's my, my vision is to build it into one of the best fitness apps out there. Yeah. And I think that's what I got to commend you on. And that's why I wanted to have you on partly too, is just the, the care that you take in filming these videos. And, you know, I follow you on Instagram and I see mm. all the films that you're doing. It's really high content. And I just want to commend you in that regard. It's like, look, you said it like, Hey, there's good fitness. There's fitness apps out there, but they're not well done. And you guys really emphasize making it well done too. Thank you. And I think that too, is just part of, um, part of my experience in advertising. So I was able, able to leverage a lot of the contacts that I had in that, in that area. So our, our main, you know, um, videographers, one of my buddies who happens to do like very high end commercials. Nice. So, um, he's been helping us, uh, you know, since the launch of our app. So that gave us that, um, you know, that high quality feel, but, um, yeah, so I guess it's really finding what you're good at, what, what, um, you know, relationship relationships that you have that you can utilize and, and, um, use to your benefit to, to work on your passion is something that, um, everyone can, can do. Mike, there's so many things that I want to get into with you. Like, how do you listen to your customer feedback, take that action, Facebook ad strategies, and then, you know, building that audience. You've got 35,000 just on your personal Instagram account of people who follow you. But like, first things first, like when you were about to launch the app, how did you approach that launch? What was your strategy for that launch? Sure. So, um, so like I said, the one thing we did was I did have an email list of people that were hot leads. Um, you know, those were people that were interested in my PDF and were liking it. Um, so those were people that were already, you know, knew me, um, knew that I was creating something and also was passionate about kickboxing fitness. So those are like our super hot leads. Um, the other thing we did is we actually partnered with micro influencers. So um, I had, um, you know, we have a part-time student working with us named Ali, who does all our social media and he's our marketing director who's just amazing. But he basically <clears throat> went out and found, um, I think we had about 150 micro influencers on board, like a very high number of wow. people with like, you know, five, 10,000 followers. And we sent them all, um, you know, a small little uh, thing of boxing gloves or like we just sent them something to where, that they could promote, promote with. Um, so on launch day, we sent out an email blast to the 300 people. I posted obviously on my personal page. And then we had about a hundred micro influencers all posting about it on the same day. 
Um, so that was the, the first kind of strategy that we used to, um, to boost our, you know, our launch. And the cool thing about the micro-influencers, we actually didn't pay um, any, anyone anything. They were all just excited to be part of like a fun new app. And we sent them a pair of boxing gloves that were super cheap for us to make and send. Um, so that was all free, um, basically. So we didn't really pay or use any um, Facebook ads on our launch. Did you, were you able to track downloads or were you kind of just like, hey, this is what I did. This is what happened. And this is, you know, I find that to be a successful launch. Yeah, we were, we weren't really tracking much back then, to be honest. So yeah, no, we didn't track anything. <laughs> I like the strategy. With the, the boxing gloves, do they have oomph on it and the, your logo? Yeah, stuff? yeah, yeah. We, we found a manufacturer um, that we, you, you know, we had made with a little, yeah, I don't think I have them here, but little boxing glove with uh, the logo oomph. And uh, we sent them a bunch of people that they could use. And we also, uh, as far as the micro-influencers, we also found people that were in that kickboxing, kickboxing fitness niche, which is a pretty small kind of niche to be in. Um, so they were all excited about it. Um, and yeah, that's, that's the way we went about it. Okay. I want to, if of all the topics that, you know, thank you for listening to all them. The one that I want to talk about is how did you build that audience on Instagram? Cause that was your initial thing with just your personal account. Now the Oomph account has close to a hundred thousand followers. And then how did you get them to become app users? Of course. So, um, my personal page was all, um, just, I guess grit. I was just doing a lot of like daily posting. I don't do it as much as anymore, but I used to post like a workout video every single day or a wow. new uh, technique or new this. So built an audience that way. And then the, the, the app Instagram pages, which now is over a hundred thousand, we actually went about it a different way. And, you know, some people think it's controversial, but we actually bought a page at around 80,000 because I knew that there's a lot of power in social media. So we bought a page that was based around body weight fitness um, and from that page, we then grew it, um, from there. So we've actually gained a lot of our own organic uh, followers, but I wanted to have that presence of like, we were already a, a big dog and we want to be one of the best fitness apps out there. And when, funny enough, the person that we bought it from is Ali, our social media director. So I actually hired him because he had built it, that page from scratch. So wow. I, yeah, he built it from scratch and then I wanted him with us to help us, you know, grow, grow it from there. Um, so we basically rebranded re the Instagram page. Um, so that's kind of where we, we got the initial um, large following, but now it's been a lot of organic growth, which is awesome. Um, and then using Instagram, I think is a very powerful strategy. If you have, um, you know, someone on your team that you, you can uh, dedicate a couple hours a day to. So what we do is we actually message, um, you know, 10 to 30 of our new followers. We get a lot of new followers every day now. So we'll message almost all of them if we can. So all new followers will prompt. We have a couple of scripts that we use. Um, one of them is, you know, hey, have you tried to work out yet? If they say no, then we follow up and say, oh, well, you can try seven days free, download it here. Wow. Um, you know, if you have any questions, we're here to help. So we want to make sure that they know, you know, we're not just trying to get them to download and use the app. We're, we, we want them to know that we're here to help. If they have questions, if they have any um, needs or if they have feedback, you know, we're, we're there for them. So that's one thing that we do. Um, if they say, yes, I, I have tried to work out, then we say, oh, great, how'd you like it? And if they like it, we ask for an app store review and we get a very high conversion rate on those, mm. um, on those messages because people are engaged with the brand and like, oh, wow, they're actually reaching out to me and they, you know, they wanna know what I think. So that has been a really big driver of app store reviews for us as well. That's so cool. Is this all automated or is your social no, media so director? No, so uh, we hired a VA. So she's in the Philippines. Her name is Jessa, and she does all of our social media reach outs. So she does all the DMs. 
she comments on people's comments on our posts. She'll reach out to, um, she'll comment on other pages. So she'll go into big fitness pages and make comments. Cause if you have a lot of followers, your name will appear on the top kind of comments. So that's a good way to kind of get, um, you know, eyes on, on the brand. So she'll go in and comment on big pages, other uh, fitness influencers that are large and just like comment on their workout videos. She'll send DMs and, um, she'll go through and like photos and videos that are in the kickboxing niche. So she'll look up a hashtag like kickboxing mm -hmm. and she'll go through and start commenting and liking those photos and trying to engage with people that are already in the, um, that niche. That's so cool. Okay. All right. Boss like question. You're the co-founder, you're the CEO. How do you make sure she's getting her job done then? Yes. We track everything with, um, creator studio on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, and we use monday.com, which is a great project management tool. And because our team is super small, um, you know, it doesn't cost us a lot, but basically what we do is we have a whole system where if she reaches out and someone responds, then she'll tag a certain tag on monday.com. We can actually track everyone she's talking to and, and Get open out. up the conversations. Yeah. So it's all very automated at this point. If she has a question, she can tag us. It'll pop us and ding Ali or myself and, and we'll go in and, and take over the uh, customer support. Um, so that, that's kind of how we manage her time. Mm, I love it. Okay. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> All right, the, man, this is cool. The other thing I want to get into when you were growing the following, is it just like having hashtags, using the proper hashtags, maybe tagging some people? Can you share some of the, the fundamentals and some of the granular things that you have to do to grow that following? Sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, Ali's done a really great job of this, but basically there's a lot of kind of tactics that you can do again, commenting on, on the other people's pages and, and searching up relevant hashtags to your um, niche or market and going in and commenting on those, on those pages. And um, one thing we do do is we'll set, you know, uh, let's say 20 pages of, of people that we want to engage with that are like really large and we don't expect anything back from them, but we want to be consistently engaging on bigger pages um, because that person will see us, their, their fans will see us. And the more you show up and the more people see you again and again, um, it, 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 you know, it takes a couple of times for someone to actually look at your brand and engage with you. So we'll stay on a page um, of, you know, of a larger influencer um, for a while before we move on to another one and we'll you know, engage with them quite often. Um, and then as far as the, the hashtags, yeah, we do hashtags on your, on your photos. We do, um, uh, location-based hashtags that are in different locations within the United States. So that's a big one um, that can help grow your following and, and get you seen because, you know, not a ton of people use location-based hashtags. Um, and that Ali can kind of talk more to this, but he does a yeah. little more research on the actual hashtags and see, you know, what, which ones are relevant, but not too, too big to, you know, get lost in the crowd. Um, so there, there's definitely um, hashtag strategies that you can use. Um, and then obviously just being consistent with your posts. So posting valuable content that people want to engage with and want to look at. And, um, for our own page, we try to post fitness tips, health tips, motivation, um, workout videos, um, anything that we think our audience will enjoy and actually want to watch and, and provide value to them. I love it. Yeah. Your, your page is beautiful, man. Oh, thanks man. Your personal ones, I, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. It's, it's great. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> the one is really cool. Like I'm looking at all these pictures, like, holy cow, how does he get all this freaking content? Like, it's amazing. I was able to do all this stuff. Well, actually one strategy speaking of that is using yeah. um, stock photography. So yeah. 
we don't we try not to use it that often but it's a great tool that you can utilize to really boost the value of your page because we do uh, our own photo shoots and we've got you know logos like people you know influencers and coaches with apparel with the oomph logo and all that yeah but what we found is in between photo shoots if we're thinking that it's getting a little too um you know consistent or, or you know re repetitive with some of the photos we'll actually go and find high quality stock photos that match the vibe and the brand. And we'll use those as well. So you, we do use a little bit of that. So that's kind of a, a strategy that I think anyone can use. And there's so many free stock photo tools out there and websites that you, anyone can build a beautiful page with, you know, basically no, no cost to them. Oh, I love all this stuff, man. I'm just, I'm just gulping it up. I love it. <laughs> Dude, I'm jealous. I, I'm going to share I've always wanted to do like a photo shoot with just like a work, me working out. I'm like, I'm only going to look this way for a certain amount of time, right? Like, it's I'm all about old. the lighting. It's all about the lighting, bro. <laughs> I'm in my 40s. I'm like, I want a picture, like a nice little Bruce Lee picture that I can just put up there and like, yeah, that's what your dad used to look like, man. <laughs> it's all, all about right. the lighting. You got to get a photographer that knows how to light those abs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. All right, man. Let's talk about the Facebook strategy. What's working from that end? Sure. So uh, funny is on our Facebook page, we're not overly active. We, we, we haven't ventured into building an, uh, you know, an active audience on our Facebook page. And that's just based off, you know, manpower. We wanted to focus mainly on Instagram. Um, but Facebook ads is something that I've been, you know, diving into since we launched. So that's, that's something that I've been um, getting fairly good at and, and kind of understanding, you know, what's, what works and what doesn't. And, um, the one thing I would, you know, for your audience to take as far as like a tactical step is to really just test your creatives and test, test your audiences and see, you know, what works. So if you're, you know, planning on launching a campaign, try like literally like 20 to 30 different creatives, um, different styles, different, you know, videos or stills, and then test those against four or five different ad sets with, you know, an audience based on interests, um, an audience based on the lookalike of your, you know, app installs or um, e-commerce, you know, website visits, and really do a lot of extensive testing to narrow down what ads, what audiences um, are, are really working for your brand. Um, I think that's the biggest piece of advice that I could give anyone is to really do that, that groundwork um, before just, you know, as opposed to, you know, making one or two ads and launching them and just hoping that they work. I think testing is a really big strategy because um, the ones that I always think are going to crush it never do well. And the ones that I think aren't going to do well always crush it. So you like your, my opinion I've found doesn't really matter if what matters is, you know, does it convert and does it work with the audiences that you're choosing? Um, so when we, you know, first launched, I think over the past year, we've created over 400 or 500 different ads that we've wow. tested. Um, and actually the last couple of months, there's been one ad that outperforms all of them and we still create and still test, but we haven't been able to beat that one ad. So that one's been running for a while. Um, but yeah, definitely testing um, different, different types of ads and creatives and audiences is, is a big tip. The, to get a little bit into the details of this, are you testing like dramatically look different looking photos and videos or is it just around the same like type of brand style and look? You know, we do a bit of both. Um, obviously all of our videos do have a, a look and feel sort of, but we've tested uh, user generated content. We've tested videos that we've shot, um, workout videos. 
you know, videos with text versus no text. So you can go pretty granular on like what, you know, the different types of tests you can do, but we, we try to um, definitely test different types of creatives, even like user generated um, pictures where they like are looking with the app or, so, or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those do better than you think. Um, so yeah, I, I think stylistically you want to stay true to your brand and how you want your brand to be represented. Um, but don't be afraid to test different things. When you're A-B testing, when you said, hey, launch with like 20 different ads, is that just within the Facebook ads platform? Like you A-B test, here are the 20 ads, you figure out Facebook, which one works the best? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, Facebook's algorithm is so good that it's, you know, the one the other thing uh, as far as like a practical tip is to let Facebook's algorithm do its magic. So, you know, when I first started, if an ad didn't perform well within the first day, I'd be like, oh, it's not working and I turn it off. Um, but what I found is if you, if you leave a bunch of ads up within, let's say you create 10 ads and you have four different ad sets and you've got a different audience within each ad set and you test those 10 ads. So you've got 40 different ads running, let Facebook run those ads for, you know, a couple of days, like even seven days to, mm. before you start switching them off, unless there's something that's like super obvious. Um, but that's what I found. It takes Facebook a little bit of time. And when it does, it, it'll put the, the budget behind the ones that are working. So you yeah. don't really need to do anything. <laughs> I used to be more active, but it's kind of like check it and forget it. And then let Facebook run and see which ones it, it, it is showing to more people. Um, and those are your winners. So I actually barely will turn an ad off unless, unless I'm like, it's really not doing well. Is there a suggested budget that you have for these? Yeah, I mean, if if your budget is low, then you the the goal is just to test less ads. So if you can do like thirty bucks a day, um, you know, create five ads and put that behind three different ad sets, um, and and you'll see some some real results there. If you have a little bit more money, then yeah, you can go on a, a larger scale. You know, like if you don't have thirty bucks to test five ads, and like what kind of business are you really trying to build? You know what I mean? Right. Like you have to invest right. a little bit to get, because I, I talk to some people and it frustrates me so much. Like, Steve, I spent it all. I have no more money. I spent it all on development. I'm like, dude, like, how are you ever going to find product market fit? You know, growth hack, you can do all these other things, but you have to invest some marketing. Exactly. Dollars, I right? mean, I mean, to me, even if you're able to say, okay, I'm going to put 300 bucks a month that, that, um, you know, I'm not the best at math or so whatever it is, 12 a day or something, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that, that amount will, you know, that'll give you some, at least some, uh, understanding of totally. the data and understanding of, you know, what, what's working and what's not working. And 300 bucks a month is something that I think, you know, you should be able to invest in, in yourself and in your business. Totally. I like it. All right. Are you doing anything from the like event optimization side on Facebook to make sure that you're getting people who are actually going to purchase a subscription you know you yeah. anything on that side okay no absolutely so as far as like if you're in the app um space yeah event optimization has been really critical um actually i'll, I'll throw a couple of things into this one um so one is you know initially uh, the strategy for us was getting a cost per install so if you're first starting your real goal is you know cost per install because you don't really have the data to drive you know cost per trial or cost per purchase um <clears throat> so trying to get that low cost per install so you can start building an audience. Once you have a bit of data, then you want to switch to, and this is just what's worked for us anyways, is, you know, switching to cost per trial. Um, so you can optimize for trials. So within Facebook, you can go into your um, campaign conversion and you can say, okay, I want it to optimize for uh, app trials. And that, that's been a really great strategy for us. 
uh, right now, I think we're able to get, you know, I think our trial is $4.50 per trial, which is pretty good. Um, and another great strategy, because th- like you said, those are now qualified leads that you're getting that are actually taking action and Facebook will, will work. I mean, I'm not sure how iOS 14 will um, affect this, <laughs> but, you know, things may change very soon. Um, but, you know, optimizing for trials, optimize, uh, if you, we have a seven day free trial. Uh, within our app. So optimizing for purchases doesn't really make sense for us right now because it takes too long to see those results. So we, we do optimize for trials and then we optimize for purchases on our retargeting campaign. And I think that's another really big um, tip for anyone um, in the app business is a retargeting campaign actually drives revenue for, for us because what we do is we, we do a, um, a cost per trial campaign where most of our budget goes, and then about 10% to 15% of our budget goes to a retarget, where we retarget people that have actually downloaded the app, started a trial, but didn't make a purchase. So those people, um, when they see the subscription page, they just click continue and they'll get charged right away. So you see real results really fast, and uh, the return on investment on those campaigns are, is really, really good. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And I think the retargeting is another just crucial aspect to the whole Facebook ad strategy because you're, you're, you're hitting people that are now familiar with their, your brand. They, they've already shown interest and they're more likely to, uh, to convert to a sale. So just to summarize, you're retargeting the people that have signed up for a trial, making sure they stay on and subscribe? Exactly. So there are people that have actually done the trial but didn't buy. They canceled the trial. So we'll actually retarget those people and, um, uh, and get them. Yeah, and we'll optimize that campaign for purchases. Oh, interesting. That's really interesting. So do you have to wait the seven days that they no. cancel? No, okay. it's instant. Okay. Oh, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, basically whoever we're retargeting, they, they would have already been through the seven day free trial. Got it. Got yeah. it. Is yeah. that pretty easy to set up within Facebook? Yep. Okay. Yep. So what you do is you go in and you can uh, basically, when you're creating an audience, you can say, okay, for app, uh, app trials, and then you can exclude people that have made a purchase. So ah. when, you're, when you're, yeah, when you're setting up your, your audience, you can do that. And then these are just events that you put in within the Facebook SDK through your developer. Yeah. yeah. For your case, dad or uncle, right? <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is phenomenal. I love this stuff, man. I, I think this is such good stuff. Anything else you want to cover on Facebook? Um, no, I think, yeah, I think that's, that's good. Um, I think the retargeting thing has been big because that's something that I, I tested out recently or like two months ago. And I was like, holy crap, we're making sales, you know, and, and, you know, we're making profit right away as opposed to waiting for the seven days. So that's been a big one. Last thing I want to talk about is email marketing. And I'm seeing some of the email marketing campaigns that we've, we've been, you and I have been trying to work together on this because I believe that it's one of the most phenomenal channels out there to really try to get, uh, get people back into the door. So what does work for you guys on that end? Yeah, so that's something that we're still working on optimizing. Um, right now, you know, we're, we're still creating those campaigns. But the one thing that I've seen that has been working well is um, creating email campaigns that are based off of users' actions. Those open rates and click-through rates are massive on email. So for us, because we do workouts, if someone completes a workout, we, we'll send an email with their stats or we'll send an email saying congratulations and, and you know, give them some, some value with the blog post link. Yeah. And those, those open rates and click-through rates are like 
like way, way above the, you know, email marketing industry standards. So like, I think our open rates are like 60 to 80%. Wow. Click-through rates are like 17, 20% on, on those emails. So that's been something that we're looking to, as you know, because we've been working a little bit together, uh, utilize a little more. Um, so really targeting, uh, you know, sending out emails based on user activity. Um, that's been a really big strategy. And then of course, we have different email flows based on user action. So if they create an account and they don't start a trial, we'll send them, you know, a 14 day, seven to 14 day email flow, trying to get them to start a trial. If they started a trial and they haven't started a workout, then we'll send them another, you know, seven to 14 day flow of emails and push notifications, um, try and prompt them to start a workout by saying, Hey, you know, there's, you know, this is the value of kickboxing, giving them facts, tips, motivation, getting them to start that workout. And then if they do start a workout, that's when we target them with, um, you know, automated emails based on their workout activity. And, and that goes on for, you know, every five workouts, we'll send them either a push or an email or, or something to engage with them. Um, so every five workouts, that'll trigger a five, five day flow roughly. I've seen the flows. They're so sophisticated, so complex. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's not complex and like, but the way you've thought about it is very sophisticated. I love the way you set it all up. Thank Mike, you. I want to end with this, man. Like, Instagram, Facebook ad targeting, email marketing. Now, if I'm a listener, I'm like, what should I should do it all? I should do it all, right? Like, I should do it, do it all. How would you, what would you recommend? Like, hey, phase one, do X, Y, and Z. Phase two, mm -hmm. do, when you hit this point, do this. When you hit this point, do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we've been in the app store for a year. So all the stuff that we've been talking about, like we're still a very new app. Um, and all the things that we've kind of been discussing has been done in stages. So when you look at the big picture that, you know, you and I have been talking about, it, it looks like, oh, wow, there's like, there's so much going on, but it re really started in just steps. It's kind of like baby steps, right? So when, when we first started, it was really just me just doing Instagram videos, um, then building an email list on MailChimp. And I think the key, the real key is to just always be learning and trying to um, utilize the information, the free information that, that's out there. Um, even just our email strategy and our push notica notification strategy, those are things that I just researched myself and, and looked up, um, you know, popular e-commerce YouTube channels and, you know, got, got really into uh, email flows and marketing. But we started with MailChimp, which is like a super basic email list. And from MailChimp, you know, I realized that I couldn't do the things that these guys were talking about on YouTube. So I was like, oh, maybe we need something a little more sophisticated. So it, it, the point is that it all, it all happens in steps. So if you're first starting, just start with where you're, where, what you think you're going to be good at or what you think is fun and, and you'll, you know, you'll, you'll enjoy doing, and then just grow from there. Try to learn as much as you can and make um, as many adjustments as you can, depending on, you know, what your customers or potential customers are saying. I love it, man. Do you do anything to, I'm asking this as a personal question because sometimes mm. I'm like, oh, I have to do this next. I have to do this next. And I always feel, I don't know, you go through this, but personally, I always go like, Man, I'm really not doing that much, you know, like, and, and then I have to look back and then I'm like, oh, no, 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 you, you've been doing, do you ever try to put some element in the day or quarter to be like, okay, what have I done and try to celebrate and how far you've gotten so far? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I like to work in goals. Um, so I'll always have, you know, I've got a board at home where I do my weekly goals and my monthly goals for, for the, the app. So I think having those goals and, you know, I'm a big list person because I like, you know, checking things off. It just feels mm -hmm. good. So I always like to set goals and lists and make sure that I, I have a clear picture for myself and for the team. 
Um, our developers, we actually just hired a freelance developer. So using monday.com is a great tool to kind of say, here's the goals, big picture goals for the month or for the year. And then let's go into the granular tasks of how to, how to achieve those goals. So I think making those, those um, you know, clear for yourself and your team is a really, really big, uh, big thing for, for us anyways. How do you like to celebrate those goals? Do you like to do anything? That's something we should probably get better at. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I'm kind of, my head's always down because I'm always go, go, go. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's something I need to be better at for sure. <laughs> that's the hardest part, man. Like, that's why I'm like, I have these goals too. And I have these lists. And sometimes I find myself like just checking them off and like we're putting more on, checking them off, yeah, putting yeah. more on, right? And not being like, <laughs> and then feeling like, man, I'm just like, I don't, I feel like I'm, am I, what, am I not doing enough? Like, you know, because I just keep moving the goalposts, right? And yeah. like, oh, and then I always struggle with like, is this enough? Like, should I just be happy that I'm here or should I try to take a year? And just like, I don't know. Well, I think that's anything any like, you know, high achievers struggles with is like taking time to celebrate the small wins. Cause it is important. It's important to like, look back and say, wow, look what, look at what we've done, what we've yeah. built. Um, but it is also hard as like a founder to, you know, take that time because you're always thinking what's next. And I think that's a healthy, healthy way to look at it as well is always looking to the future. What, what can we do better and what's coming up next where we can optimize and make our app better. Well, this is awesome, man. Hey, anything I missed that you want to make sure we cover before we hit the big finish? I think we're good. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it, me. Uh, so much great content here. So many great strategies. I love the review stuff with the Instagram. Is there actually, let me end with this. Like, are you doing anything else besides the, Hey, you know, tried your first walk, loved it. Would you leave us a review? Are you doing anything else to try to get more reviews that way? Yes, absolutely. So one of, one of the big drivers for reviews is, for us is after there, and we're testing which workout works best. Um, right now it was on the third workout, um, but we actually just shifted it to the first workout um, just the other day. But basically what happens is um, when they finish a workout, uh, we send an automated email with their stats and we say, hey, great job, blah, blah, blah. Um, by the way, if you leave us a review on the app store, you, you, you'll win $10 to our store on, on Shopify, or you, you may earn a free month. So we try to drive reviews that way. And that's, that's a really big strategy to get some automated reviews because if they finish the workout, they're either going to like it or not. And if they like it, they're more likely to leave a review because um, they want a free month or they want $10 to a room store. I love it, man. All right. This has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. Besides, give us another app that we should definitely check out. Okay. Mine um, is Photoshop Express. So it's, I know it's kind of a, you know, it is what it is, but I love this app because it's, uh, it has all these filters that really give my photos. If I'm on like mm. a quick turnaround and I want to do something for my personal page or for Oomph, I can just drop in one of their pre-done filters and it just looks like gorgeous. Um, so that's, that's an app that I use a lot. Oh, I like it. You don't like the Instagram filters, huh? You just use, well, the Photoshop one is so much better. I don't know why, but they just look right, like way more advanced out. and they have a lot more settings. I don't know why I laughed at that. I think it's a brilliant one. I'm going to check it out right now. I'm like, this is great. My wife is the same way. She's like, I'm like, don't you just use the Instagram filter? She's like, no, I, I like, she uses the iPhone ones, but she, she does all her things there. And then, well, she, the beauty, the beauty of Photoshop express is that it has a ton of features that you can actually get like super granular, granular with what you want to do with your photo. So you can do like play with the blacks or the whites or it, it, it's pretty advanced, but it's also really easy to understand and navigate through. So that's my, uh, that's my app. <laughs> Mike, what's a lesson that took you the longest to learn? Lesson that took me the longest to learn. Oh, let me think about that. Um, I think, you know, this is more of a big picture business goal. Um, I think one thing that took me the longest to learn is really keeping my customers um, basically 
you know, when I first started in business, it was more about how can I make money? Um, and when I shifted that perspective to how can I provide my customers and people that I'm serving the most amount of value, um, that took the longest to learn because I was always putting my head down and grinding because I wanted to make more money and do this and that. But really, when you look at how can I better serve the people that I'm um, providing a product with, how can I give them more value and how can I keep them at the top of mind instead of myself, that changed things for me. Um, on a personal level, I just felt better about doing business and working so hard because I knew that I was doing it for the right reasons and to help people. Um, and it also just gives you a sense of, um, I don't know, it, it just makes you feel good that you know that you're, you're doing your best to give um, the people out there um, the best product to help them change their lives. Like that's our goal at Oomph is to help change people's lives. And when I first started, it was how can I change my life by getting financially better? Um, but now it's really about how can I help our customers change their lives? And it's really cool because we're starting to see a lot of transformations and uh, it just, it's just a, an amazing way to look at, you know, business in general. No better way to end than that. The app is called Oomph. Go check it out in the app store or just search for kickboxing. I think we're still number one, right? For kickboxing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got it with your help. <laughs> the best workout. If you're looking, look, Mike and I have been working together and I believe in this like high intensity. If you read, I read this book, How Not to Die. And it's like 20 minutes of high intensity workout is the way to really keep your heart healthy. Not like this 30 minute walk bull crap. Just like, <laughs> like really Just get pump, it done. Get, get it done, man. 20 minutes is all you freaking need. But anyways, it is called Oomph. Mike, if the audience wants to connect with you in any other way, do you want to send them anywhere else? Yeah, sure. Uh, so our business is oomph underscore app on Instagram. And my personal page is just Michael K. Durst. All that is linked up into the show notes. So if you click on Mike's name, you're going to go to his Instagram profile as well. Mike, thank you so much for coming on and doing this, man. Thanks so much, Steve. Thank Pleasure. you all for listening. I'll see you on the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.